We are Slush Fun Sports. My name is Matthew Burt, and this is Nick Whitelaw with me. How's We're it going? Be, how's it going, Nick? How we doing? We're doing good. Ready to talk about football today and all the exciting things that are going on in the draft. So I'm super pumped. Uh, getting ready to go for that. Super pumped. We created a draft kit that you can go and download and, and use for your drafts. I know a lot of drafts are this upcoming week and next week. We got a bunch of information on there that you're going to want to check out. But we wanted to do something special and create a podcast weekly for fantasy football. And we're going to try to do more sports. We are uh, primarily going to focus on daily fantasy sports. But because it's draft season, we wanted to hook you up with something nice. And obviously, we'll talk about some waiver wire pickups on leagues and stuff like that. But this is our podcast. Slush Fun Sports is our business, and we wanted to give you guys a special look into some really brilliant minds in the sporting community, and we are excited to present this to you. So without further ado, let's talk about the draft a little bit. Yeah. Um, Let's go the top 10 picks right now. Um, I could tell you this. This is a little bit of a bold prediction, but I know McCaffrey's a great player. I'm actually looking for Saquon to kind of take that number one spot. Hear me out right now. I know the Giants drafted the fourth best overall player in the draft. So they decided to go with a run blocker. That kind of shows what Joe Judge and David Gettleman are doing for Saquon. They also, in the third round, got another O-lineman. So I can see what they're trying to do over in New York. And I know they're going to run the offense through Saquon. When you go to McCaffrey, I know he's an all-around stud, but there's a little uncertainty when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater uh, going to that new offense. And I'm just curious as to see what's going to happen. It's going to be a really interesting year to see what Christian McCaffrey is going to do. I kind of agree with you in non-PPR leagues. If it's a PPR league, I don't agree with you. I just don't think that there are going to be as many catch opportunities for Saquon Barkley. But I do agree with everything that you're saying. I just think you have to put it in the right kind of a league. Saquon Barkley is going to be a beast no matter what. Uh, Will he have a bigger year than Christian McCaffrey? That remains to be seen. I'd still, if you're going and doing a, a snake draft, with PPR, I'd pick McCaffrey first, but you should be very happy with Saquon Barkley second for sure. Definitely. And I was going to look, once we get past those uh, top three picks, I would say McCaffrey, Saquon, and then Zeke, I would assume, is third. Then it kind of drops off a little bit. I know we have Dalvin Cook, which have which he has slid in a couple drafts. I know I've seen people take him in, in early as the, um, as early as four or as late as the second round. So I kind of want to get your take on that, Matt, about that four to 10 kind of round over there on who you like and who you dislike. Well, I know all the talk was about Kamara and what Kamara was going to do in the, the contract situation, but that never really scared me at all. I'm more concerned about uh, the quarter. Uh, he had a shot in his back. I forget what the exact shot was, um, but basically he, he went and got this shot and so that's what something that I'm going to be a little bit more concerned is, is his injury history and his back. Um, but from all other reports is that he's healthy with his knee. He's healthy going forward. I like Kamara more than Davin Cook in general. 
I think that this Saints offense is going to need him to be a big role, and they're going to have to provide some relief for Drew Brees, and I think Kamara is the guy, and he's going to have a bounce-back season. Let's not forget that he tore his MCL last year and was playing on one leg, and he still put up a pretty decent, productive season. I know that there's going to be a lot of people scared off, but I'm more concerned with Dalvin Cook's contract situation what he's going to do than I am with Kamara's and with me saying that I think the safer option is if you have that fourth pick I would look to maybe Kamara or going and trying to take a risk on one of these other guys you can go and get that Kansas City running back that I can't pronounce his name can you pronounce (laughs) Clyde Edwards Hilaire Hilaire yeah so you know I, I would be more comfortable going with him but you know, I, I'd say Kamara would be the one that I would yeah. say is the safest. And I, I think Dalvin Cook has the right to slide to maybe like a six, seven, eight range. Uh, and if you get him at eight, you should be very happy. And I, I totally him. agree. And I was also going to say with Dalvin Cook, I know he's been injured in the last couple of years. And if he can stay healthy, he's a great back. I would say a top 10 pick, no question. But there is that concern too where – he needs to stay healthy in order to be productive. And I know last year was the only year he's really stayed healthy in his whole career. So we got to make sure that he, his knees, his back, everything is going to stay healthy and ready to go for that Viking squad. Um, I would also agree with you with Alvin Kamara. I know we want to really, really look at that NFC South uh, division, and I'll be coming back to that later, but that's going to be a powerhouse division when it comes to passing just because all of those teams rank very, very low in pass defense. So I'm really looking for Kamara. I know it's a running back deep uh, fantasy football league this year. So Thomas is a great pick, but you got to make sure you're getting them at a good value. And then I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is very, very good. Um, but also I know Miles Sanders has dipped a little bit in a lot of people's drafts. Um, I wouldn't snag him any you know, I would say look around the the 10 to 15 range. I don't think you need to get him at eight is where he's projected at. Uh, but I would say early second round, don't let him slide too late. Because if you get him in the late second round, I think you're getting a really good player for the value you're picking at. Yeah, so with my draft that happened last night, um, I actually really love Miles Sanders. And I selected him at the 11 spot. So I had the last pick. I had 10-11. And I really like Miles Sanders in general this year, especially in PPR leagues. He's going to be the featured back for Eagles offense that is going to struggle. And Carson Wentz and his health issues are going to come into factor. But he's going to be the guy. They're going to have to depend on him. He's going to get as many touches as he can handle. This Eagles offense is really built around the run game. And I like Miles Sanders. I think the Eagles are going to struggle this year, but that's beside the point. I think Miles Sanders is going to have a really good year. And if you're able to get him, you know, in the round range where you added from the 10 definitely take on that. And if you have a chance at eight, I mean, it's not going to hurt you that much if you take him first, but there is other options that might be better. And if you start to see the draft kind of coming towards you and Miles Sanders is there at eight, but you have the opportunity to get obviously a Michael Thomas or one of the guys that we talked about earlier in Kamara, Dalvin Cook, anyone that slid, 
and you saw someone else go in front, that was kind of a shocking surprise. Like I've seen Patrick Mahomes go super early. I don't know why, but I've seen that happen. So if you have the opportunity to go and get one of the guys that we were talking about earlier, I would go ahead and take him. But you should not be afraid to take early. It just kind of let the draft come to you available. You should be happy with whoever you get. Yeah, I, I was going to also add to that is when quarterbacks are struggling, and I know Carson Wentz for once is injury prone, um, they're going to need running backs to really get them going. And that's kind of what I look at. And it's like, how is the system going to run Miles Sanders? And I think they're going to need him to produce in order for the Eagles to be somewhat successful this year. So I think he's going to have some some good yards and good games uh, coming up. So we'll see on that. Um, and then I wanted to add from round from picks 10 to, I would say, 20. I know there's a couple running backs in there that have the potential to be a top 10 pick next year. Is there anyone you're eyeing down, Matt? Or would you say, hey, the top 10 is going to remain the top 10 for next year? It's definitely not going to remain the top 10 next year. If you were to tell me the next year's running backs and this year's season is going to be exactly as it is next year, I, I wouldn't believe you for a second. I think this year is kind of an interesting year because the top 10 is a lot of question marks. Whereas last year, you kind of got a general consensus of who the number one picks were going to be in the first round. So the running back situation is kind of dicey. I know we had really good back half of the year for – Kenyon Drake and he has an offense where he could have a lot of success but there's still a question mark as to his production and how much you know the Cardinals are going to use him there's a question with Miles Sanders there's a question with the Kansas City running back that I can't pronounce his name <laughs> give it to me one more time Clyde and Hilaire what, what's Clyde. the initials Clyde. Clyde I'm gonna call him Clyde the Glide so Clyde the Glide <laughs> there's a question mark there he's a rookie you know, obviously that's a very good offense and he's a really good running back and they selected him for a reason. But I just don't see where this is going to kind of all settle as far as next year. In the running back situation, there's four you know, there's four guys that are just clear-cut favorites and then there's a lot of dark horses out there. And those four guys we've already mentioned in this podcast, and if you don't know them already, it's Dalvin Cook, Kamara, Elliott, and oh, this time, I'm sorry, there's five. Why did I do that to Christian McCaffrey? Christian McCaffrey ah. and Barkley. So there's five guys that you just know are studs, and then everyone mm-hmm. else is a question mark. So, and obviously, you know, people are going to debate me on the, the definition of a question mark, but do you really, can you really outright say that one of these guys is going to be good next year? I, I can't tell you that for certain. Yeah. So. So I was – I know uh, your favorite player, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, <laughs> tough to pronounce, but, you know, the last time a rookie was projected in the top 10, do you know who that was? In the top 10? Yes. Rookie year? Yes. Uh, I mean, like, the easy guess is Saquon Barkley. It was. It's Saquon, and he was actually projected number eight. So if that gives you any perspective as to what they're seeing for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, – I think he's good, but I think you have to look at the value. Who's in front of him? Um, you're taking a risk by picking him, uh, plain and simple. He's a rookie. He's going to be injected into that into that high-octane Kansas City offense, but you really don't know how they're going to play out with him. They have so many weapons on that squad that 
he could not get a look in one in a couple of plays, but also he could be the guy in the end zone. We just really don't know how that's going to play out, especially when rookies don't have a lot of training in training camps because of COVID. You don't know how they're going to play into the system in the beginning of the year. So is there any running backs that are not in this top 10 range that you would like to focus in on? You know, because yeah, you're not going to get those uh, five, them, who are you uh, going to nah. take? Uh, Josh Jacobs. I think he has a heart of gold, and he's going to be needed big time in that Las Vegas offense in which they're ready to revamp. New stadium, a lot of hype coming to this year. I don't project them doing that well. Last year, they were probably two weeks out of being a playoff contender. Uh, I'm still indifferent about Derek Carr. I don't know which way he's going to slide, but I know they just got Henry Ruggs. That's going to be a great addition to the squad. A little bit of controversy there as to if they picked him at the right spot. But I do like Josh Jacobs. I think he's going to be the heart and soul of that offense if he can remain healthy. I know he had a couple injury-related misses uh, last year, but I think he's a great running back. And I think that if you can get him at 12, I think you go for it. Um, Anything below 12, i.e. 13, 14, 15, that's a no-brainer. But um, I like him personally. I think he's going to do a great job in Las Vegas, and we'll see where that goes. I'll give you an off-ball one, and he's kind of hit or miss. But from whatever I've read from beat writers, and you know I like to get my information from the beat writers out there. Oh, yeah. And I have read a lot of really good information about Todd Gurley. I know it's kind of a hit or miss kind of thing, and it's definitely a risk. But Todd Gurley has looked really good through training camp. Quinn has been really impressed by him. I think this Falcons offense is going to rely upon him a lot on the goal line. And Todd Gurley is going to have a bounce back year for sure for this Atlanta Falcons team. I just like it all around. It's a great story. He's back to his home roots in Atlanta. I like Todd Gurley. If you have the opportunity to get him at a reasonable play, uh, at a reasonable pace, then go and get him. But, you yeah. know, that's the first side that comes to mind. I think there's a lot of dark horse backs that we could see have breakout seasons that you yeah. you kind of want to get one of those guys that may be a high-end question mark and then pair him with someone that you know could have consistency. And the guys that are going to have consistency are, you know, I think he's one of them. And I, I would go as far as saying – you look at the different running backs around the league, Raheem Mostert, it would be another one, even though, you know, the 49ers have three running backs that they're going to trot out there. And who knows how many snaps each one of them is going to get. I, I mean, your guess is as good as mine, but I love Austin Eckler. I absolutely love I really, really like Austin Eckler. I think that guy is probably for me the least, like if you're going to take a risk on anyone, I would take a risk on Austin Eckler before some of the guys that we have already named in Miles Sanders in, you know, say his name again, Hare, Clyde, Clyde, Clyde I'm never going to get that. Eckler is killer. I am so in on Eckler too. I think he's the one that you can go and take a risk on and get him in the second round. Or if you want to pull him early, I think that's the guy that you're going to have the most consistency with out of, anyone that we just named he might be behind drake in my opinion uh for the running backs in their rankings at six you know or at, i'm sorry at seven 
I, I put him at seventh best running back out there. And that's, that's saying a lot. That's a lot of high praise for me. So I really like Austin Eckler. I was also going to say too, outside, I would say Austin Eckler and Clyde Edwards Hilaire have the highest ceilings outside the top five running backs. I would say no question. Um, when you put them at seven or eight, because they're so dangerous in the passing offense, they're very good receiving backs. And I just think that can go a long way. I am super curious as well to see who's going to win out that starting job in LA. Um, I know they have Tyrod Taylor starting week one, but boy, is Justin Herbert a good quarterback. I'm going to be excited to see what they're going to do, um, especially if the Chargers are starting to lose and they're going to need someone new. So you you brought up the L.A. positional battle, and and I'd like to kind of throw in my hat. DFS-wise, Tyrod Taylor is the play for the first week, although we we can talk about that week one but i love him but yeah. uh besides that i think the the other positional battle that matters for your fantasy draft is the other la team and the yeah. running backs that are there you know you have cam Akers, daryl henderson and malcolm brown but i'll tell you week one the starter is going to be malcolm brown it's going to be malcolm brown like i everything that i've read he's been getting the snaps in the training camp coach mcveigh trusts him and let's not forget, this was a five-star player coming out of college. He went to the University of Texas. He's a really good running back. He was serviceable. He filled in for Todd Gurley when Todd Gurley was having his issues. And I think he's the guy that you have to like, you know, keep on your radar, keep on that little watch list because out of all those running backs, he might be the one that's going to get the most touches. And I know a lot of, of hype is around Cam Akers, and he's very talented, and they spent a second-round pick or third-round pick on him. But he's probably not going to see early on in this season the amount of t- touches that are needed for his draft position. Just because he's a rookie and you don't know exactly what you're getting, you're going to mm-hmm. see the veteran play more. And so I'm going to try to avoid Cam Akers. I know a lot of people are very high on him. I personally am going to try to avoid that situation and the Colts running back situation because I don't know what to make of it. So those are the yeah. two things that I would avoid is the Rams running backs and Colts running backs. Is there anyone yeah. else that you can think of who to avoid? Yeah. Um, I would also um, avoid, I, I do. Yeah. I don't really like that much avoiding the Rams running backs and the Colts running backs just because you don't really know who they're going to play. Um, they have a three-back system, and I know Jonathan Taylor is a great rookie. I know he was amazing over at Wisconsin. Uh, but like I said, who really knows what's going to happen? They got Marlon Mack, who came off a great season, and Naeem Hines, who's a great receiving back. So who really knows? But I can tell you a rookie running back that I really, really like out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is DeAndre Swift. I know that Carrion Johnson has been struggling with health uh, the last year or so. And if he's out, they're going to need DeAndre Swift to come in. I know he's marked probably in the fifth or sixth round, maybe even seventh um, that you can get him at. But Detroit's going to need a really good receiving back, especially with Matt Stafford behind uh, behind the football. I know that uh, Kenny Galladay is also going to be a great receiver for them. And that's a high-octane offense that I could see emerging. I know their defense was really good. Their secondary defense was decent last year, um, but they're going to really need a good offense if they want to really, really compete in that NFC North spot. 
Um, I could also tell you, um, going back to Todd Gurley, uh, I know his knee has really been an issue, but I could very well see him getting in the end zone for Atlanta. They're going to need a first and goal back that's going to get in the end zone. Um, out of that group, I know there's also Melvin Gordon, James Conner, and Le'Veon Bell. Matt, who do you think arises out of those besides uh, Todd Gurley? I know there's a lot of good talent there, but I know these guys have sunk in recent years. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't gotten your running backs early and you're relying upon guys that you know we haven't mentioned yet beyond Le'Veon Bell... I think you got to reconsider your draft strategy. Um, you know, in a PPR league, that's a little bit different, especially if you're playing a three-man wide receiver. I wouldn't suggest, you know, going and getting a whole bunch of running backs early. But if you're playing in those standard leagues, you got to get them early. And I, but if you get beyond that, you're really, you know, you're really pulling for straws, and you're you're basically taking risks to try to make that upside. And so if you get beyond that point, I think you're kind of in no man's land. And if you get into no man's land, you might as well take some risks. So my favorite risks that you're going to take late in drafts at the running back position, and that's Matt Burita. If you're not taking or at least looking at Matt Burita, he's not very highly owned. You're going to get him late in the draft. Jordan Howard, to me, is not that great of a running back, and he's going to get taken pretty high uh, as opposed to where I think he should be. But Matt Breida is going to be the guy that's going to be the one that's going to be the most serviceable to be the best running back out of that bunch. And I, I think if you're going to take that risk, I'd go after Matt Breida. You can obviously take a risk on Leonard Fournette. He's going to slide, and he's probably going to end up somewhere. There's been reports about him going to the Patriots. Then again, that's a terrible situation from a fantasy perspective for him to go because you're dealing with Sonny Michelle. You're dealing with so many different people. So – I personally think if you've gone that far without running backs, the short answer is you might as well take some risks later on in the draft and go and get guys like Murray um, from the Saints, you know, hoping that Kamara is not going to play, or you go and get Matheson from the Vikings, hoping that, you know, one of these holdout guys is going to have value. But if you've gone that far, once again, you're probably not going to get the best of the bunch. So you might as well take some risks. And I think that's one of the guys that you got to take risk with. And I like Brita out of the most risky running backs. If you kind of agree, who's your most risky running back? If not anyone that's after Le'Veon Bell that you like. Yeah. So here, I'll give you a shot right now. I know this has been a talked about topic for a while, but I think the most risky running back on the draft board, no question is Leonard Fournette. Um, I think right now he's in a state where we don't really know where he's going. Uh, he's an extremely high-risk, high-reward play. I know a lot of guys have drafted him already, and now you're kind of at a wait-and-see. Um, I would not trade him at all just because you don't know where his value is. And if you don't know where his value is, you're not going to get good value back. So, But if you are waiting to draft, he's going to be a good guy maybe in the sixth or seventh round, but expect – him to not play if you do draft him you got to take that risk because there is a chance that he will play but you got to make sure that you have a lot of insurance for that um i know a lot of teams are looking at him we don't really see much i know the bears have kind of opted out i know the patriots were rumored i think they might have opted out 
So we don't really know where he's going to go, but I think that's by far my riskiest running back to play right now. So let me ask you this. If I were to pose this question, who gets signed first, Leonard Fournette or Devonta Freeman? Hmm. I would say as of right now, uh, this is totally going off. I, I don't have any facts to prove this, but I would say Leonard Fournette, just because I like his build, I think he's going to be a back that teams are going to need. He's a big body. And as we saw with Derrick Henry, Henry last year, you're going to see a lot of guys like that emerge. And they kind of need just a guy just bully his way through the end zone because we saw what the Titans did. And I know a lot of teams are going to try and replicate that if they have the running backs to do so. They're going to go into a passing format type offense. I mean, I would take a risk on both of those guys being signed. I think mm-hmm. Devonta Freeman will end up on an NFL team at some point this season. And I think he, he gets a contract earlier than we're expecting. I think he gets a contract before Fournette. I'm going to go out of limb on say that. Yeah. You know, I, I think he is probably a better value. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Like, but I would take a risk on him and just stashing him away. And if he's not on a team by week four, I just drop him. Like you, yeah. You, by that point, yeah. you'll know. So I, I, I'd take a, my eggs into Devonta Freeman's as the last pick in the draft or as your last round pick or as your waiver wire pick, you know, I would yeah. risk that over picking Fournette in the sixth round. You know, yeah. you could still get someone good in the sixth round. You know, th- there's lots of guys on there, but, we got to move on from the running backs. You know, that, that is a very important part about fantasy, but there's a lot of people who are playing PPR and they're like, we need to get to the wide receivers because oh, this yeah. is where the, you know, this is where games are won. This is where championships are won. So let's go into the wide receiver section. Who do you like as your top end wide receivers for this year? Yeah, I know there's a lot of good receivers in the top 15, but I think the guy that strikes me the most right now is Mike Evans. I would say he's undoubtedly my favorite receiver in the draft, just because the first round or two is going to be very running back heavy. You're going to look for a solid receiver to get in round three. And I know a lot of people like Chris Godwin, but I think now that Brady's here, Brady's going to look to leadership and he's going to look to veteran guys to kind of give the ball to in clutch situations. And I know Mike Evans is 100% that guy. Chris Godwin had a great season last year, don't get me wrong, but I see him being the number two wide receiver in Tampa Bay. I do not see Mike Evans falling to that number two just because of the leadership position he has had in the last five years on that Tampa Bay team. Um, I would say he sticks out by far the most to me, but I know we really, really have to look at DeAndre Hopkins. He was a top five wide receiver this year. I think he's roaming around a little bit of five this year. I know two years ago he was the top receiver, and now he's he's flown down to 17. Uh, what do you think of that, Matt? Would you take him at 17? Would you take him earlier or just completely fade him? I would take him earlier. I think it's an interesting new system. and he's So all the guys that we've mentioned on the wide receiver, they come with a lot of unknowns. How is DeAndre Hopkins going to handle a new quarterback? How is Mike Evans going to handle a new quarterback? 
I mean, realistically, Michael Thomas is the one that is the clear-cut favorite to be the first wide receiver off draft boards, and deservingly so. But if you're going to take risks on people, I personally love Adam Thielen this year. I know it's kind of, you know, something that is you don't have to go and get him in round two or you don't have to go get him in round one, but that's the guy that I look to and gravitate the most because he's going to get more chances to catch balls in this offense considering that there's no digs anymore. So where the offense was kind of gravitating towards both of them. And so you would see Stefan Diggs be the one that was the leading wide receiver at times because Thielen was getting the shadow coverage. I personally think Thielen is going to have more opportunities and opportunities lead the points. So I like Thielen this year. I know it's kind of, uh, there's still a question mark about him, but if you've gone to, uh, you know, any of the beat writers, Thielen's looking pretty good. So I like him. You know, I am very skeptical in, in saying this next person, but I, I actually kind of like Amari Cooper uh, in this position and where he's being drafted. I actually really like it in this new offense. There's a lot of different ways that this could go. There's a lot of different ways that the ball could go to. But Amari Cooper, at the end of the day, is going to be less covered because of all these really good wide receivers that the Cowboys had. And – I know people are very high on Michael Gallup. I'm less high on that. I think C.D. Lamb is a guy to look at for sure because he's going to be put into a slot position where he's going to have a lot of success just because who are you going to really take away? And I think Amari Cooper is going to have one of those seasons where you're going to see why he was this really coveted player out of college and why he was worth a first-round draft pick from the Cowboys to go and get So I really like Amari Cooper this year. And if you've gone and you've seen anything about Odell Beckham Jr., if you've gone on Twitter and you've seen anything, I like Odell Beckham Jr. for a bounce-back year in year two with the Baker Mayfield experiment. I know the Browns are going to be an interesting team, and a lot of people are looking at Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and who is going to be the featured back there. And a lot of people are taking risks on Nick Chubb. Personally, I I think there is some merit in looking at Hunt, but this team has so many options now, and I think Odell was the one that everyone was gravitating towards, but I don't think that's going to be the case this upcoming year. I think that the Browns are going to be better, and I think that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be a guy that you're going to want to take because he isn't that first-round guy. You can get Odell Beckham Jr. in the third round or fourth round, and he's a all-star. He's a pro bowler. He's a superstar for the league. You don't get this opportunity to get superstar athletes in third rounds or fourth round. So go ahead and take Odell Beckham Jr. Those are my top three that I have that are besides Michael Thomas in that range. So I would look to those guys. um, And I obviously picked guys that you weren't mentioning earlier. So those are my three that are not been discussed yet. Yeah, and I was also going to touch on Odell. I'm still indifferent about it. I don't know how he's going to perform this year. But but for people who like him, I know that you're going to have to see Baker Mayfield play better. And I think we gave him a lot of expectations over the last two years. And he's still developing as a great quarterback. I still like Baker as a quarterback. And I think if he plays well, Odell is going to have a fantastic season. 
but it's kind of figuring out new systems and new plays to kind of get Odell going and see where that goes. I was also going to add, Matt, if you had to rank these wide receivers in order, what would you do? I have Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Tyreek Hill. Where do you put them? I would go one, Michael Thomas, two, I would go two, I would go Tyreek Hill, three, I would go Devontae Adams, and four, I would go Mike Evans. And then um, you have Julio at five, or would you put DeAndre Hopkins at five? Oh, I, I would have Julio at two. Sorry. Two. I, I forgot. Uh, I skipped Julio. I would so have we're one. inserting Julio into that two spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it would shift down. So Tyreek Hill would be my three. I just forgot his name. So yeah, I would put Julio at the two. That's still, you know, obviously people have been frustrated with Julio Jones last year. I know I had him, but it's Julio Jones, man. Like this guy is a God given talent. And we have seen throughout the years that he has consistently gotten this high praise and he has consistently gotten this. And I think Julio Jones is deserving of all of that just because he came off a season where he was campered by a foot injury. He's healthy this year. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL period. And I wouldn't say that he's going to put up better numbers than Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas is going to get more looks, but because that, Falcons offense is kind of predicated around touches to Gurley and Ridley and uh, I mean go down the board really who else is there you can know Hayden Hurst but I doubt he'll get enough touches there's just going to be a lot of room for him to not get as many opportunities as Michael Thomas but he's going to get more opportunities than the people that we named on that list so I would still put Hopkins at five um, for Devontae Adams, like Devontae Adams is going to get every single ball thrown to him if he's open. Aaron Rodgers has to go out and prove himself this year, or else he's going to find himself in a very awkward situation where Matt LaFleur goes and puts in Bryce Love. A very ironic decision, too, because we know that's what happened to him and Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah. So it's an ironic decision in the very least. I think Aaron Rodgers will probably find his way onto a different team probably the Oakland Raiders, but who knows? But yeah. I, I think this year, Devontae Adams is going to get every opportunity he can. So I like him. I like all five of those guys on this list, you know, it, but it just kind of all depends like where you value them. So in my opinion, I would have, you know, I would take any one of those five and be happy with it. But if you don't get any one of those five, don't sweat it because there's lots of good wide receivers out there. Like, you can go down the list and we can go over to some of them. But where would you rank those five uh, that we just mentioned? Yeah. um, For me, obviously, Mike Evans is number one. No question. Um, Julio, I got a lot to talk about, but I think he would be my number two as well. Um, I think Tyreek Hill would be three. Adams, four. Like you said, Mike Evans, but we're not ranking him right now. Um, And then DeAndre Hopkins, five. I would tell you I love DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiver, but we just don't know where he's going to be put into the system over in Arizona. So that's why if you're taking him, you're taking him at a risk play. But if you can get him at good value, either 17 or lower, that's a great addition to your squad. I would say, like, it kind of annoys me a little bit how Julio is 
so dominant of a receiver, and he does not get in the end zone. Six touchdowns last year. Six. And he's that good. What is Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn doing? I have no idea why he doesn't get in the end zone more. But if he can get about 10 touchdowns, maybe 11, oh boy, is he going to be a really fun guy to watch, and he's going to be great to have on your team. But I have no idea. Why couldn't the Falcons get in the end zone is more of the issue. Yeah. And that's why Todd Gurley could really help that offense. So who really knows what they can do? Because they they get Todd Gurley on first and goal. Now everything starts to open up for play actions, for screens, for whatever the Falcons really want to do. Um, so I, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of depth at wide receiver. Kind of getting into that middle route i know keenan allen just absolutely flew down keenan allen and ty hilton um i know there's possible talks that they're going to be back up where they were there's going to be talks about hey just fade these guys what do you think matt i love ty hilton this year i absolutely love ty hilton and i'll take keenan allen he's a all-star receiver pro bowler Mm-hmm. I will take both of them. I'd be super happy to get any one of them and take a risk on them. I like T.Y. Hilton more than I do Keenan Allen. And so the numbers that you saw with Keenan Allen from Phillip Rivers last year are going to be comparable to what T.Y. is going to see from Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers has one target that he likes to go to more than anyone else and is willing to go to it time and time again. We've seen that over the years. And I think it's T.Y. Hilton is going to be that guy. He's going to be the extra piece to a team that is going to be really good. I drafted T.Y. Hilton. I am a really strong advocate of him. And there's good reason to be. Because if you have a quarterback like Phillip Rivers who's going to keep throwing the ball to the same target, you might as well pick that guy. So I like T.Y. Hilton. Keenan Allen is super fine. I'm just not sure about the quarterback situation but I would be happy to take a shot on him as well. Yeah, and I was also going to look at two guys, much younger guys that are listed right below them, and that's DK Metcalf and DJ Chark. I know DK, he's at 54 on ESPN, and I like him a lot. Do I think he's 54th? I don't know. Um, I know he was a big asset to that Seattle Seahawks team, but he's not – he, we haven't seen him get real good at making those tight cuts, those inside plays, and kind of getting yards after the catch. I know we're seeing him a lot on those straight routes, those deep plays. So that's kind of a guy you, you're going to take a risk on if you get in, I would say, the fifth round. Um, I do like DJ Chark. I think he's going to be the guy in Jacksonville. I know with Leonard Fournette gone, they're going to really need to pass the ball. So I know those two guys are – Really good players. I don't know if you take DK, maybe even DJ Shark at 54 or 55. If you can get him in the 60s, I say go for it. But I was going to ask, Matt, is there anyone else that you see that would be a great value past, I would say, 60 or deeper in your draft? I mean, past 60, I like Malcolm Brown. I think Malcolm Brown is a very serviceable player who's going to provide a lot uh, for a Baltimore team, and he's going to get those kind of targets. So I really like Malcolm Brown. He'll be my easy pick there. Uh, I Those two, you kind of nailed it on the head. I think DJ Metcalf has a lot of question marks about him. I know everyone's hot on him to to have that breakout kind of a season, and he's going to get better and, and this and that. But 
the real guy is Lockett there. And I think for good reason, they've built that chemistry. They've built it. And I think both of them are going to be splitting those decisions of who's going to be thrown to in the end zone. I think either one of them are going to be the guys that uh, Russell Wilson looks to throw to. So for that being said, it's tough for me to go and, and get a good gauge of who's the guy in that range, but I would go Malcolm Brown, um, a guy that I think has fell off way beyond where he should be is Jarvis Landry. It's going to be a different Browns offense. If you're going to take a risk on Odell Beckham Jr., you might as well take a risk on Jarvis Landry um, if you don't get Odell, and hopefully he's the one that Baker Mayfield finds the ball to. And I just think that offense in general is going to be way better. I mean, you're going to have Njoku and Hooper as options to catch the ball for tight end. So there's just going to be so many options for that Browns team. And one of them is going to be the guy that is going to get overlooked. Jarvis Landry is going to be that guy that's going to get overlooked. He's kind of my risk sort of a play. I do like him a whole lot. But besides that, I mean, you should look down the list and see to yourself who's going to be the breakout kind of guy. And one of these two is going to be the breakout guy. And it's either Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller. One of these two is going to be the guy that's just going to break open a league. And where they're being drafted and where they're being projected, one of those two guys is going to be the guy that you're going to need because he was the value of the draft. The value of the draft is either Will Fuller or Brandy Cook, period. And in my opinion, if you told me to pick one, I'd pick Brandon Cooks because he has that, you know, experience and Will Fuller has that chemistry. So I'd pick Brandon Cooks because he has a better chance to fit in with that offense. And I think Will Fuller's injury history kind of gives me a little bit of, of pause. Both of their injury histories, to be fair, gives me pause. But I think one of those two is going to break the draft um, and I think if you're going to look in those late round guys, Brandy Cooks, Will Fuller. What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. 100%. I think Will Fuller or Cooks is going to be the guy over there. And we don't really know yet. Uh, but if you're taking one of them late like that, I think you have tremendous upside. I was just going to add on to, I think, two guys that I really like around the 20th to 30th round. I do like Juju, especially with Big Ben. Juju's production kind of got hit when Big Ben got hurt. But now that he's back, I think it's going to ramp up a little bit. I do like Kenny Galladay at 24. I don't know. But I wanted to turn it over and see what wide receivers really, really, really late that you can get that you can see breaking out. I know that Slayton is my guy. I really, really like him late. I think that Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, sophomore connection is real. I also think Preston Williams and Deontay Johnson are also going to have breakout years. I think you can get them at well past 150, and then you could just keep running from there. Um, those are kind of the guys that I'm looking at. Matt, are you looking at anyone in particular really late, especially at that wide receiver position? Well, yeah, those guys are the clear-cut best plays towards the end of the draft, that wide receiver position. 
I just see this position being really hard to figure out. Those would be my guys that I would like. I think you can take a lot of risk on a guy like Marvin Jones. Um, and if that offense is as high octane as we've been talking about earlier, he's a guy that I think will stand to benefit very big from that. Obviously, you look at the different rookies, and one of them is going to be is going to be really good, whether it's Judy, C.D. Lamb, or Ruggs. One of those three is going to be a pretty good option. If I were to pick one of them, I'd probably go Ruggs. Most opportunity to get the most balls thrown to him. And I, I think in that position, if you're going down that far, you're going to have to take some shots. And I think one of the guys that you shouldn't draft, but you should keep on your uh, watch list, and that's J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I know that that's the most out there name and he's not on very highly owned, but I wouldn't draft him, but I would definitely keep him on that watch list because of the injuries at wide receiver for Philadelphia that week one. If you're going to be a guy like in my auction draft, I spent so much money on three players and then the rest of them, I I didn't spend a whole lot of money. So you're going to need guys to come in and, and be really good for one week, two weeks, this and that. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is going to be the starting wide receiver. He's going to take the place of Alishon Jeffries, and he's going to be more productive than Alishon Jeffries was last year, who was just a touchdown hawk. I personally would love to take a shot on him. I wouldn't draft him because no one's going to draft him, but I would take a shot on him, and I think he could be a pretty big wide receiver that goes overlooked. And then, again, Preston Williams, we're going to just keep beating that drum because he's the guy that could break out in that Miami offense, assuming that their running game is good and that they play well, they're going to be really good. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown magic over the years, and you might hit on some magic with him over the weeks. But the one wide receiver, and I'll kind of change it to this, well, one wide receiver that I would not draft is Allen Robinson. I wouldn't draft any Bears at all. Like I wouldn't draft a single one of them. I am avoiding Allen Robinson. Who is the one guy that you're going to avoid over anyone else? Allen Robinson's mine. Nick, who's yours? Yeah, um, I would say right now, I mean, DJ Moore is definitely one of those guys I don't really like that much. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. I just don't know if he's going to like him when it comes to passing. Um I know quarterbacks like their guys. I know DJ Moore's at 25. I do not see any value at 25 there for DJ Moore. Maybe more in the 30s, but that's a guy that I'm kind of off big time as well. Um, I also wanted to turn it over now to quarterbacks. I a big question that we've been having is where in the heck does Lamar Jackson go? I know he has a ton of running yards. I know he's projected just as many running yards as Alvin Kamara, um, he's listed at around 34. Uh, do you take him higher or, or lower? Depends on what kind of league you're in. Uh, if it's PPR, I would kind of think about not drafting a quarterback until later just because you want to get all those guys that we've already mentioned. Um, one other thing I'd like to, to tout, Steve, uh, Stefan Diggs, as much as I can, go and try to get him. I think that's the one guy that I forgot to mention. Um, and I, I that kind of leads me into the quarterbacks that I kind of like. And I think I like Josh Allen. Um, I 
think Lamar Jackson is going to be lower on the rushing yard side. I'm kind of skeptical on him having this breakout season where he runs for more than yards than Kamara and he throws for X amount of yards. I'm kind of skeptical on that. I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he's worth drafting, but is he worth drafting ahead of Mahomes? You know, that remains to be seen. I think he's pretty good, but I would probably look at him in the third round and say, okay, if he's gone that far, you should draft him, but he shouldn't be going second or first. But who knows? Most people like doing something like this where you just get a top-tier running back and then you're set and then you just go get that best quarterback. So I personally would wait to get a quarterback because you have a lot of people who can have really good games and you can kind of find good matchups in that first week. I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy that is going to outperform where he's at. Uh, but the number one quarterback in my mind is Patrick Mahomes, and it's, it's close second is Lamar Jackson. And then after that, you should wait on Kyler Murray and you should wait on Deshaun Watson because those are two question marks that I'm not sure will be answered before then. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I was – so, Matt, I'm actually the exact opposite. I like Lamar over – over Patrick Mahomes. I was going to say I was a Lamar believer last year before his breakout year. So maybe there comes a little bias with that. But I would say I like Lamar a little more than Patrick Mahomes just because of that running factor. But I, I totally agree with you. If he's not there or if he is there in the late third round, early fourth round, I think you snag him. I think with a lot of the guys you're going to be drafting with, that's going to be very, very, very rare to see. So I like value at quarterback right now. I know Tom Brady's definitely some of them where we've been thinking about, hey, is he really going to go off? Is he not? Um, what's really going to happen there? I know that Bruce Arian offense is very high octane, and they're going to be passing the ball a lot. I don't really see Ronald Jones taking a lot of the workload on offense. So I think Tom Brady's projected a little higher than where he's at too. I think he slides up the totem pole a little bit. And the guy that I like to talk about, too, is Matt Stafford. I know it's been a little bit of injury prone, but I think if he's with the weapons that he's getting and the emergence of Galladay and Marvin Jones and also DeAndre Swift, I think that's going to be a good year for him, too. What do you think? I like both of the guys that you mentioned before. I like anyone that is going to throw the football. So Drew Brees is a guy that I like. His strength of schedule concerns me because the Bree- the uh, Saints are going to have to f- play a lot of really tough defenses. I kind of am willing to take shots on different guys. I think I'm willing to take a shot on Cam Newton. I'm willing to take a shot on Chetty Bridgewater. I'm willing to take a shot on those late guys that you really don't know what's going to happen and pair him with one of those uh, guys that we mentioned before, like a Matt Stafford. Just draft two questionable quarterbacks, and then just play whichever one is in the better matchup on a week-to-week. That's what my advice would be. I think Cam Newton is a guy that you should take a shot on, just because you don't know exactly what that offense is going to look like under him. 
and he might not even be the day one starter. We might be having a whole different discussion and Stidham is the guy that they go with, but it doesn't look to be based off of everything that I've been reading. So I take shots on guys that you think are going to be good. I'm all about Tom Brady. This offense has given him so many weapons. I think he's going to put up some really good numbers. I'm all in on Tom Brady. I think he's going to be really good. I yeah. would love to take a shot on Jimmy Garoppolo. Now let me tell you why. I think this offense has more weapons for him to throw to now. Brandon Ayuk is a good guy that is going to be late, that no one's going to draft, along with Ortega-Whiteside. Those are my two guys that I kind of like to just pick up um, if you need a guy to be serviceable for the week. Um, I like him. I really think Jimmy Garoppolo with more options, with the Debo Samuel, with uh, you know a Kittle, with all these different options. They have not very many wide receivers, but I think they have more than they did last year, and they got those same guys coming back. And I, I kind of would take a shot on him. But yeah. other than that, him and I would take a shot on Josh Allen. Josh Allen yeah. would be the guy that I would want to take a big time shot on because he could be the one that breaks out. He had a really good season last year with not very many options, you know, with not very many options to throw to his number one wide receiver was John Brown. And so it's like, what, what do you, I mean, like if you give him a good option, it opens up a lot more. So I'd take a shot on Josh Allen rather than going again, those top four quarterbacks. I like. I also like Josh Allen. I think he's going to be a, a really good quarterback. I think that Bills team has a very, very solid chance to win that division. But let me go back to the NFC South is what we were talking about earlier today. I was going to say all four of those teams are so poor at pass defense that I just think quarterbacks in that division are going to have a field day. Um I know Teddy Bridgewater, I've said bad things about him. That's the only quarterback that I would say stay away from. But also, he's another risk, high-risk, high-reward player. We don't really know how he's going to do. I know week one is Bucks saints I know that's going to be a high-scoring game, as we saw with the 49ers and the Saints last year, two very good teams going at it. That got in the 40s when they went to New Orleans. I thought that was an awesome game to see, too. Um, I wanted to go to my sleeper, too. I know you had Jimmy Garoppolo. I have Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is going to be a great emergence of a quarterback. Like I was saying earlier with Saquon, the Giants are beefing their offensive line, which has hurt them most of the years. They've been horrible. (laughs) So what I can say is they're going to beef that lineup. Saquon's going to give Daniel Jones – the space he needs to make those plays. And he's going to give him maybe a half second to a second more in the pocket just because of how versatile and how dangerous Saquon is. So I see Daniel Jones being a massive threat down the line. I think he can do well, especially he's going to be playing the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles twice. So he's going to have good games against these teams, and I know he's going to break out. I think he's going to be a good guy. I say you draft him late handcuff him with another quarterback that you really like and I think you just see how he does Um, I think he's that late in the draft where he's not someone that you're really reaching for I think he's someone that you're taking at a good spot Um, so I really like him a couple quarterbacks that I wanted to also talk about is Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson Matt where do you draft those guys if they come to you I mean if they come to me I'm gonna pick Murray 
I'm going to stay away from Watson. Uh, I just for the simple reason that they're the stat last year was the Texans allowed Deshaun Watson. I believe the they he they allowed him to get hit more than any other quarterback in the NFL. Their offensive line is not very good. I know that they went and they try to get Tunsil, who is out, and that's going to help. But the one guy that I would stay away from is Deshaun Watson. And that not to say that he's going to have a bad year. And I think he's going to have a very solid year. I just don't want him on – I just wouldn't draft him over Murray. I'm going to pick him as my stay-away quarterback because I just don't know exactly where it's going to leave them. I don't know if David Johnson is going to be enough to give a little bit of balance to that offense. I think he's going to see more touches this year, which means less opportunity for Deshaun. Um, And, you know, that's where I'm kind of at with uh, Deshaun Watson as I I just, I don't know. I I don't know. And I don't want to draft a quarterback that high for something that I don't know. Kyler Murray willing to take that risk. So, yeah, I was also – so I'm on the flip-flop. So I could say Kyler Murray, I think people are reaching too high for him. I think he's a great quarterback. If you if you pick him at a value point, like the seventh round, maybe even sixth round, that's reaching a little bit for me. Um, I also think Deshaun Watson's going to fall too, um, just because of what you're saying, Matt. But I think Kyler Murray's going to have a good year. I think he has a ton of weapons, but I just don't want you reaching for him at – a fifth or sixth round spot. I think you're reaching for him way too high. I don't think he's going to have that good of a year. And I say if Deshaun Watson falls to your eighth round spot, I would say in a 10 or 12 team league, I think that's a good spot to take him. But other than that, I'm with you. I don't really know. There's a question mark with Deshaun Watson. And there's also a high risk, high reward play with Kyler Murray if you do reach for him. Yeah, I mean, that there's four quarterbacks in that range that, I've seen as they look at them as elite options, and that's Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and De- uh, and Deshaun Watson. I almost said DeAndre Hawkins, but <laughs> that's the wide receiver. Uh, basically, anyone in that range are all going to have comparable numbers, so just draft whoever. But t- to me, it's like you look at that, and there's so much hype around Kyler Murray I wouldn't draft anyone in that range. I'd just take a shot on, you know, a pocket quarterback and and someone later on in the draft and, and keep drafting those running backs and wide receivers that you think are going to do good and then take a risk on the Matt Staffords, take a risk on Josh Allen, take a risk on Cam Newton, take a risk on uh, those good quarterbacks there. And, and you never know. We could be talking now, and Joe Burrow is actually like a legit quarterback, and he's going to get picked up off of the waiver wire, and he could yeah. be pretty good. So there's going to be options available for you at quarterback. You have 32 teams, and you can only start one quarterback, and that means the top 12 quarterbacks. I guarantee you a top 12 quarterback is not in the draft pool right now. I, I guarantee you that everyone's going to pick one or two quarterbacks, but I guarantee you the best quarterbacks that are available are going to be in the back half of the draft. If you don't get Mahomes and you don't get Lamar, the best thing that you can do is just go and draft running backs and wide receivers and a tight end. You know, 
because you can find better quarterbacks later on where you can take a shot on two guys rather than just one. So I think outside of those four that I named, so those top six quarterbacks, there's not really much of a difference between three to six, or sorry, three to seven, and then from seven on to 12. I don't think there's that much of a gap between, you know, those four elite quarterbacks that we just talked about and then the next bunch that are coming up. Josh Allen could very well beat out Kyler Murray and um, Deshaun Watson, and we could be having a whole different discussion next year about how much we like Josh Allen, or we could have a discussion about how much Tom Brady is going to be uh, as a quarterback in that division. There's so much that could be going on. I like Breeze. I like Tom Brady. I like Bridgewater. And I like Matt Ryan. If you get one of those four guys late in the draft, you should be happy because that's going to be a pass-happy league and there's no defense. So, yeah, like I think those are the guys that I would look to at quarterback. But we spent a lot of time talking about quarterback position, wide receivers, but we got to get to a very important position because you still have to roster one of them. And that's the tight ends. And I think it just starts with Travis Kelsey. He's the top guy. But who else would you look to if you're not going to get Kelsey? Yeah, and I know uh, we're getting on that 60 to 65-minute mark. But just to be quick, um, I think my favorite tight ends this year, I really do like Evan Ingram. I think he's going to be a great addition to that New York team if he's healthy. Um, and then I also like Noah Fant. I think he's going to be a good breakout in Denver. I think Drew Locke's going to really need him. I know they're both second years too. I really believe in that second-year connection. Um, and then I would fade a little bit of Tyler Higbee. Um, that's really it on my end. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to look at, Matt. Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't really make an emphasis on researching the best tight end picks. I can give you guys that you can look to later on in the draft. I think the best option for you is to not draft a tight end early um, unless you get Kelsey because that gives you another wide receiver. Um, And then if you get Kittle, that's fine as well. Ertz is another one of those guys that you should consider in that category. But if you don't get the likes of Ertz and Kittle and Kelsey – there's plenty of guys that you can go to that will be serviceable. I kind of made an emphasis to not draft the tight end early because I am skeptical of the range of guys that are in there. I'm skeptical of Waller. I'm skeptical of Ingram. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just skeptical of him. I don't know exactly what that New York Giants offense is going to look like. I'd say he's probably the fourth best tight end, but I'm skeptical on that. I would take chances on guys that could be having breakout kind of years. And there's tight ends that I think have gone overlooked uh, in general. I think if you want to look at Grom Gronkowski, he might be a guy that you could see a lot of boomer bust potential and they have OJ Howard. So if, you know, Rob Gronkowski is not going to be getting full snaps, I would try to avoid him. And I would look to getting some guy later on in the draft. You know, I have so many thoughts about who to get. I think there's a lot of sleepers out there. I think Eric Ebron going to a new offense, going to a new system, going to a quarterback that likes throwing it to the tight end 
in Ben Roethlisberger, that might be a totally different outlook for that Pittsburgh team, and he might have a career trajectory that goes up. I like Chris Herdon of the Jets. I think he became uh, a top 11 tight end and towards the end of the season. Both of those guys, you don't need a draft. They're going to be there on the waiver wire. But you can take a risk on one of these guys and then go after some of these guys that are not being drafted, not being owned. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm avoiding Higby because it could very well be Everett be the main guy there. So everyone's hot on Higby. I kind of cool that a little bit until we see what's going on with that offense. So I look to guys that are just being very overlooked and take a risk on them. So I don't think it's a priority to draft. You know, if you don't get those top three guys that we mentioned, I wouldn't look to prioritize the tight end position. And that yeah. same goes for kickers and whatnot. I'll give you my kicker picks to, to end it up. But um, I kind of wanted to get to know anyone else that you see as sleepers at the tight end position. Um, I was just going to say, lastly, um, TJ Hawkinson. I think he's not really being talked about a lot. I know he was a stud tight end before he got hurt. That's going to be an offense that's going to be interesting too, like I was talking about in Detroit. Um, but, yeah, uh, I was just going to say give uh, your kicker picks and then we can look at the do's and don'ts uh, to finish it off. Yeah, I mean, the kicker picks start with Greg Zerline and end with Greg Zerline. If you can get Greg Zerline, you'd be a happy man. But you should be very happy to roster guys like um, – uh, anyone else like Gay for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be a pretty serviceable guy. I would draft a kicker last, um, but I like him for this upcoming season. I like Jake Elliott, uh, even though those aren't the top end guys. I'm not drafting a kicker early, um, but there's lots of different options at the kicking game that you can go to, and those are my kind of top guys right now. Uh, that I would look to late on in the draft. Obviously, you can go and try to get uh, Harrison Butker uh, if you're lucky enough to get him in that primetime spot or Lutz. You know, if you get that primetime position, don't get cute, but go after the guys that are going to get you points and go after guys like Matt Prater, Justin Tucker, Lutz, and Butker, and you'll be very happy. Also, Robbie Gould is not a bad option as well. Um, I could see them kicking the ball a lot. I Just go after those top guys. If you don't get it, don't be worried because someone will come up. Yeah. Um, so I was going to say, lastly, um, I definitely wanted to talk about the do's and don'ts of the draft. Uh, so I'll go first. I think the biggest thing you want to do is pick on value. I think value is so important. And I think if you can get guys that slid down a little bit to your position – take them unless they are an absolute no-go type of player. I think one of those guys could be DeAndre Hopkins, as we were talking about earlier. Um, I would also say the first two rounds, you're going to get a good star player. I think you're going to find someone that's good for your team. You're going to find a guy that you like. And unless they get injured, they're not really going to hurt your team too much. I think you're going to really, really need to find value in those 6th to 10th round picks. I think if you can kill those picks – you're going to be a very, very happy person. Your team's going to do very well. Um, when you look at matchups, I know we didn't talk about defenses, but defense is all based on matchups. And we're going to talk about that in our week one podcast. So tune in soon because um, we'll be going over the matchups on that one. 
But other than that, I'm big on value and I'm big on those key positions, those breakout spots from around six to 10 rounds. So anything else you wanted to add to that, Matt? Yeah, I would say draft your kicker and defense last and you'll be happy. I'd say prioritize on getting the best player in the draft at the the moment that you pick and keep doing that over and over again. If you have an auction draft, uh, I would recommend not being like me and putting all your eggs in, in one basket or three baskets, so to speak, but waiting and kind of picking and choosing your spots getting the right guys for the right price because you want to end up with a little bit of money at the end of the draft and you don't want to be stuck like me where you have in the roster a lot of $1 guys. Uh, So that would be my advice for any sort of auction draft. And I would recommend just looking at our draft kit sheet and going over it and making sure you familiarize uh, everything that's on it and make sure that you're paying attention to the matchups from week to week. And uh, that's all I have. Yeah. Download, download our free draft sheet. It's free. Just give us your email. We'll email it to you. Um, you can find the link in our description. You can follow us on Twitter. We'll be tweeting out uh, a lot of stuff uh, over the coming weeks for this football season. We're really excited for what we're going to be having in store and we want you to follow us on Instagram, Slush Fun Sports. Follow us on Twitter, uh, same, ha- uh, same at Slush Fun Sports. Follow our podcast, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. But uh, we're excited to bring you all the good football content that you're going to need. And you're going to want to hear what we have to say over others because we're going to break it down in a way that's very simplified after looking at all the data that we we have uh, seen over our time and over the season. And we're going to give you the guys that we like. And if you want to sign up for our DFS Academy, where we teach you the basics of DFS and go into a little bit more about roster construction, you can contact us at slushfundacademy.com. Anything else, Nick? Anything else? I think we're all good. You covered it. Um, Looking forward to week one. It's been a long time coming, so – Can't wait. New episode next week. New episode weekly. Uh, Follow us on Anchor, and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you.